Well, I feel like uh, this would be a good spot to insert the theme song to Welcome Back Carter. Would even be even better if uh <laughs> if I could put Welcome Back Jovi on there. <laughs> Welcome Back Nikki, depending on what you call me. But um, yeah, I guess I'm back. Yeah, um, so it's been a minute or three. <laughs> um, someone sent me a nice message today. It was like, um, podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I better go ahead and stop messing around. Um, you're gonna see, you're gonna hear a bunch of background noise throughout this episode and. Honestly, my son is in the same room I'm in, so he's autistic and he likes to make a noise and vocalize and verbalize and random stuff. So you're going to hear him and then my nieces, my youngest nieces and my daughter are directly upstairs and you can hear them too. So at first I was like, let me try to do this while everybody is asleep, but yeah, when everybody else is asleep, I want to be asleep too. <laughs> so that's that's not happening. Like the only time it's really quiet in this house is when it's either all the kids are asleep or everybody's gone. So yeah, and it's spring break here um, for all of us, and I say us, including myself, because this is the last time I talked to you guys. I uh, started another job, which is why I haven't really recorded, because I've been exhausted. I am a recess and clerical aide at a elementary school in my daughter and niece's school district and son's school district. So these babies wear me out, work with kindergarten kindergarten through um, fourth graders, Monday through Friday. And, um, they wear me out. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not complaining. Because it's actually a fun, fun job. Um, I literally play with kids most of my day. I'm either playing with them or I'm helping them with their lunch or something like that. But I literally play with kids, like, for a living. Like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I got side and swing. <laughs> I play Duck Duck Goose and Simon Says and um Red Light Green Light. Oh my goodness, Red Light Green Light is their favorite. Um, but I play games with kids basically for a living right now. And um it's an eye working in school, working for a school, working at a school is an eye opening experience. It's a different perspective than having a child that attends a school, you know, being a parent of a student, or being a student yourself, you know, it's like definitely different because you're there every day, and you start to get to know, you know, kids outside of the ones that are in your home, and the different personalities. So first of all, children are hilarious. Period. Right? 
young people are hilarious kids are hilarious but little kids like kindergarten first grade five six year olds have zero filter and they tell everything and they're they're learning how to express themselves <laughs> so they have and their vocabulary is steadily increasing and it's amazing and funny hearing some of the things that they say and um watching them interact in their little social groups and the differences between how kindergartners interact with each other to versus how the fourth graders interact with each other and all the stuff the the quote unquote drama of elementary school is it's it's some serious and um but it's fun and these teachers do not get paid enough which we all know but not just the teachers but the support staff uh and not just me i mean in my position but the, the cafeteria for people the um anybody who's considered support staff your nurse the nurse school nurse the the um social worker there the uh this there's a uh disciplinary aid. is she a discipline aid discipline assistant she's not a teacher per se but she's on the staff faculty um there's a couple of them and they are the ones who do like their detentions and school suspensions and things of that nature um it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot working at elementary school is a lot the secretaries everybody it's just whew, pto it's it's a lot and um you have PTO that were at the school every day, PTO people. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they get paid, but I'm thinking they would because they're there every day and they have an office and a room and everything. So I'm assuming that they're getting paid because that's a lot to volunteer for that position every day. I think they should get paid. But I digress. But yeah, um, if you work for school, you should be getting paid a minimum of like 25 outside of teaching because teachers usually have some kind of salary contract but if you're an hourly worker you should be like getting a minimum of 25 bucks an hour because you are moving it's the, from the moment you walk in the door you really don't sit still working at for school there is one teacher aide for every teacher at the school so you have let me think five kindergarten classes i want to say no i am wrong four kindergarten classes five first grade five second grade four third no five first grade fourth and grade four third grade five fourth grade and this um one person is responsible for every piece of copied anything any worksheet any notice going home anything that the te the teachers need anything laminated um anything any copies that the teachers need in bulk like tests and quizzes and little booklets and the little thing permission slips and things of that nature those things come from her she has to um they have to you know put it in her work basket and she's copying and, and counting everything out and making sure it gets back and that's where I come in the first part of my day is basically running around the school and the school is a square so 
um, running, running laps, running around school, uh, delivering stuff that's been run off since whatever time she got there. I think she gets there at like 7.30. Um, and delivering those papers. And then that first hour and whatever else I'm needed to do as far as helping out with the office staff and any other teacher. There are two other aides that come in with me. The one of the full re, one of the recess aides, one is a recess slash cafeteria aide, but we work we start our day helping teachers out or helping the office out. Oh, and another full time and another cafeteria. I keep saying full time cafeteria, but she's not full. We're all part time but but it's still the majority of the school day, but you know school day's not eight hours. So but anyway, um we it's four of us and then there's two more. They're full they're just only recess aides that come in when the recesses start at nine forty five. First recess starts at nine forty five and last one ends at one twenty five. So um we have indoor or outdoor area, we have a playground and we each have a class. There's usually four classes at a time at recess. Um I started with the kindergartners first. They have the longest recess. That recess is thirty minutes. Everybody else is ten. Which is terrible. It's terrible, it's terrible. Kids need way more than ten, fifteen minutes. They're not ten minutes, they're fifteen minutes, but by the time you get the kids together to get them from point A to point B let them play and then get them lined up and then take them to lunch immediately afterwards. It's like um, 10 minutes that they really get a chance to just get out there and just play and run around. But you're in class, they're in school from 7.55, 8 o'clock till 2.15 and they get 15 minutes to break off steam, let off steam, just 15 minutes. And it, it just confuses me. I'm like, kids don't get at least 30 minutes. They need more than that, personally. Like, if you work an eight-hour shift, you get two 15s and a 30, right? Or at least get one hour hour lunch. These kids don't get that. It's not a full hour between it that they have away from learning. It's the 15, It's 45 minutes, maybe, if I'm correct. Because they go to recess and then they eat. And it should be the other way around. It's like they should be able to eat their food and then go play. And then get back to work. It's When I grew up, um, I grew up in a Cambridge Township, so um, I, my school, we had three recesses. We had a 15 in the middle, in the early in the morning. We had a, a lunch, and then we had a 20 minute at the uh, end of the day, towards the end of the day. And um, so the, and this is elementary school, middle school looks like an hour at lunchtime. I think high school might be 30, 30 or 45 minutes. I can't remember, but. But what I'm saying is, it just was foreign to me. Even in raising my own children, as to how little time they actually have a break. And with the focus on passing all these different exams and stuff, and making certain benchmarks and things, it's just, man, I hate that politics is just getting so caught up in, it, in the, the classroom that the kids can't even just thoroughly enjoy being kids and learning at the same time I mean you know it is possible to do that <laughs> and you can't blame the teachers really that they they're they're good these are good teachers at the school um they love the kids and um they we all know the struggles 
So the fact that I've talked, spoken to quite a few of the teachers there, and they've said that they wouldn't even mind extending the day out, being at school longer, another extra 30 minutes to an hour longer, if it meant the kids would have longer recesses or extra recesses or, you know, longer time to, because it makes their jobs easier because the kids are focused and if they didn't play for a while and get all that extra energy out, I mean, you're asking six and seven year olds to sit still for extended periods of time. Eight and, even eight and nine year olds, need to, uh, it goes up to the fourth grade, so the oldest child is probably 10. So it's like ten year olds sitting still for a long period of time. Even those who who are game who game and play games, what do we do when you have when you're a parent and you have a um child that wants to play video games all day? You sit, it is a nice day out. You send them outside, right? So I'm just saying. But yeah, but that's what I've been doing, and the plus size to doing all this running around is that I kind of lost a little bit of weight. I'm not gonna tell you how much I weigh this. <laughs> None of your business. <laughs> Just know I'm a BBW, a beautiful <laughs> BVW, a beautiful voluptuous woman. <laughs> BBVBW, beautiful voluptuous black woman. <laughs> don't take my don't take my phrase either. That's my if y'all if I hear it, I know y'all y'all took it. So, but don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, cause. I can't just sit and watch. Well, I could just sit and watch the kids play. But, um, how do you just sit and watch kids swing and stuff and not want to swing with the kids? There's absolutely no way. The first, <laughs> but I started in January. So, of course, it was, I live in the Midwest, so it was wintertime. So, the first outdoor recess we had where we were actually out to get on the swings, I was on the swings with the kids and at five recesses. So, that's five times outside with these kids on some swings and pushing kids on the swings and running around with these kids and I'm <laughs> oh my goodness I told my older kids and they were like you know the ones who are adults and they were just like yeah we're not surprised because you're a big kid yourself but yeah I'm on the swings and everything and I'm, when I tell you that I woke up with so many cramps because I didn't stretch properly or hydrate properly from running around uh, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not swinging anymore. I'm tired. I'm just gonna watch. Ooh, I tell that story because um, that's how I do. And maybe not the next day because my legs were mad at me for a couple of days. But yeah, I I I I don't slide down the slides, but I get on the swing stuff. Yeah, sure do. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool working with the kids, seeing them get excited about little things, and they had a little spirit. We have a lot of spirit week, and uh, little little stuff like that. It's, it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Well, well, yeah, that's what I've been up to working, seeing mom and auntie and the usual. Um. So this today is the 29th of March, which means that yesterday was the 28th of March. So I guess I could talk about what everybody else was talking about for a couple seconds. I'm not going to like harp on it, but it's something else I want to talk about. And I would um use 
what happened yesterday as the jump off point or the launch point for what I'm about to talk about, which I feel like I've mentioned before, but since I've been gone for about three months, I may as well mm. talk about it again. Mm. At least I think I talked about it before. Mm. Mm. But anyway, so yesterday was the Oscars, right? And okay, so boom. Uh, as a kid, I loved the war shows. I watched all of them, mainly the music ones, and then the Oscars and Emmys. And really, because I just wanted, I was rooting for everybody black. Yes, I said it, still am. But not having cable growing up, um, a lot of times, the only way I could see performances of my favorite our bands and groups and stuff was through award shows and finding music and stuff outside of the radio was through the award shows and seeing some of my favorite celebrities and everything because once upon a time I wanted to actually be a part of that world like um Jasmine (laughs) and not my daughter the character anyway um uh so yeah I was heavy into like reading about and watching the awards and but like I said, mostly more music than movies and television. Alright. Like I watched the Emmys and the Oscars for the musical mm. performances. I really didn't care about the other stuff unless it was a movie I saw or an actor or actress I really liked was gonna be there. Then I really wanted to that back then. Now fast forward to now. Um the reason only reason why <laughs> the only reason why I wanted to watch mm. the uh uh Oscars last night was because, uh, or two nights ago, I'm sorry, was because of, um, <laughs> there was a going, there was a performance, a live performance of the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Now, yeah, I'm a mom, and my youngest is 12, and my, my youngest nieces are seven and eight. And I have, um, that live here. And I have two more nieces that are 13 and 15. The, and the 13-year-old, the two, her two sisters and my daughter Why? have watched Encanto. I can, I've lost count. Because, and the reason why I know is because I'm usually up there with them when I watch TV. Or they have it loud. They knew the songs before they watched the movie because of YouTube and whatnot. So when we finally watched the movie, it was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, they watched it a lot. And now they're watching Turning Red, Turning Red, which I might talk about that later. Um, as much as they were watching um, Encanto. But anyway, so when I happened to be watching something, and I can't remember what, on TV because I don't really watch a lot of TV. I usually kind of binge stuff when I do watch, but um, I was watching something or my sister had the TV on. But either way, they announced that there was gonna be a live performance of that song, and I was like, oh, I'm watching. The Oscars this Sunday. I'm watching. Yep, I'm watching just so I can. I didn't want to record it. I wanted to see it live, and because I recorded it, and forget to have it recorded. Like I gotta watch the second half of the Dan Jackson documentary because it's recorded, and I haven't even. Um, <laughs> haven't even watched the second half yet. I need to hurry up. But anyway, I digress. So I wanted to watch this. That's why I had it on. 
um, watched Beyonce before, and let me compare what I saw. I, I I mean the performance was cool. Not Beyonce. I'm talking about the concert performance. The real top of performance. It was cool. It was cute. But it wasn't what I expected because I wanted them to break it down. I wanted them to break down Dolores's part and and Camilo Cam, Camilo's part. And yes, I, I'm not even gonna pretend like I didn't want to hear it to the very end of the song. Yeah, but I digress. <laughs> but that's why I was watching it. So of course, and then after that performance, I left it on. I didn't change channel. My daughter wanted to see the rest of it, so I was like, "Cool, why not?" And I was kind of half watching, half on my tablet. And so I saw the whole exchange. So, um, yeah, and and one of the people who thought it was weird, and then I thought it was a stunt. Then realized it was real. Then I was like, oh, whoa. <sighs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> I work at a school and we tell kids all day long about controlling themselves and not um, reacting every time somebody says it or does something to you and the proper way to go down a, um, to handle a, dis- a dispute, especially with them being young. You can't just go walk up and just punch everybody and make you mad, you know. And learning how, when is a, the appropriate time to to act a certain way. Now, of course, at school, zero tolerance, you're going to get suspended. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not even going to front. I'm kind of, the babies, the little ones are, are just like, no hitting, you hands yourself, you tell a teacher. But the ones that get a little older, or the ones that are a little older, the older grades, I, I, I tell them a little bit different. And what I told my kids, listen, someone's messing with you. Do what you need to do as far as letting people know. Do what you're supposed to do. But do not let anybody ever put their hands on you. Handle your business. Because, yeah, listen, they're going to keep messing with you. So, that, and I say that off record. I teach kids what off the record meant. So, I'm like, you didn't hear this from me. Because if your parents say, oh man, someone who works at the school is telling my kids it's okay to fight. No, it's not what I told your child, but okay. But I digress. So we're teaching people what they get loud with Ah, it's okay. I'm not I'm not really doing this. I'm I'm getting over the flu and I'm a little tired, so I'm not gonna re record it. But um Yes, we teach people that. But you also have to learn that everybody has a breaking point. And everybody's not going to be nice and calm and sweet all the time. When they are steadily getting hit, picked, prodded, and, or poked. And Will Smith is like the epitome of a nice guy. But everybody, if you pay attention, you've been a fan of him for years and actually paid attention. You, there are a couple of times where he's had to kind of check some people. Uh, a little bit, but overall, you don't see him as that type of guy. Oh, he's he's nice. He'll never. He would never. And he did. <laughs> it's like me. People who know me or think they know me, especially in these social media streets. You know, I'm Jovi on Facebook, and um, some a friend of mine when I joined a group chat from a blurred group basically shorted my real name to Jovi. So a lot of people that I've become friends through that community, that's what they call me. 
including my sweetheart, he calls me Jovi. So, um, Jovi is jovial, <laughs> and I'm usually the, I'm usually, everything's funny, oh, I'm dropping music and knowledge and song lyrics randomly, and I'm, I'm also the go-to words of encourage, encouragement giver, I'm that really sympathetic person, understanding person, I'm like that in real life too, but yeah, but that's what I'm known for. Real chill. I don't lose my temper often. So it wouldn't happen. Or when I get stupid petty. Which, because everybody has a little bit of pettiness in them. When they might say something slick or whatever. Laugh at something. But no, when I get stupid petty. I could be kind of mean. But it, 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 people need to understand. That there's always two sides. On multiple sides. People are multifaceted. So yeah, yes, I'm nice and I'm fun. And, and I'll give you to share my back. But I'll, I'll, I'll also read you like... The Sunday comics like I'm not about to play with you I will read you like a nice little manga you know f- back to front I'm just saying don't <laughs> my mouth is real slick <laughs> take that how you want it and I know that I could be a savage and I uh you could say it's my sign <laughs> I'm a cancer. You can say it's my sign. You can say whatever, but um, I just know that I can be mean. And I, if I have to go off on someone, and I just use go off as a term, loose term, because like at the top, I, I, right now at the top of my head, I can't think of nothing else. But if I have to go off on somebody, right, I'm not nice about it. I could be mean. And then I want you to feel bad. And I have a really great memory, okay? So if I wanted to really hurt someone's feelings, I mean, I could do it. And I don't necessarily have to curse. I just sprinkle a couple words in for a little razzle devil sometime, you know? But I don't go off often. I don't even I don't even say I go off once a year on social media. Or even in person. Like I don't like a lot of loud confrontation I don't really like a lot of attention negative attention on me like that and uh so I don't like to just cut up but if I have to and because I don't like it if I have to it's not pretty and it's ugly and it's mean and but it's usually when I reach my breaking point you know I tell people quietly and then you don't listen to me and then I get a little bit more sternly like hey this is the issue you don't listen to me so by the time I get to the point where I'm ready to go off you're like clutching your pearls like not Jovi and then I'm the bad guy you know what I mean so that's what I saw when I watched one thing I saw when I watched was like yeah everybody see he's such a nice guy and then he went off and then admit it was immediately, almost immediately remorseful about it. You know, I think calm down. That's me also. I'm always sorry for what I said. Sometimes I can be sorry for how I said it. I could have been handled better, but and I just why, like I said, I, people like us, we think we do what we can to avoid a confrontation of that 
magnitude. I'm not saying that we avoid confrontation as in there's an issue, we just ignore it, ignore it or whatever. I'm saying that we choose that usually address it in this way that's um, calm. We calmly discuss what we need to discuss and we calmly try to re- reach a resolution, compromise, whatever it is until there is no more reaching or compromising or whatever. So yeah, I get it. I understand Lucha Tepper and all that stuff. And I understand and people condemning him because of when and where it took place. And I'm like, this man is a man. He's a man. He is not a deity. Okay, he's a human being with emotions and feelings. Everybody else, and sometimes you just have a bad day or something just and you're, you're, you do something out of, quote, out of character. And is it really out of character? Not necessarily. It's just not out of the character that you're used to seeing. Used to seeing him being this, man, you seeing the man crack jokes and laugh and be goofy and silly and dance around. And, and yeah, why didn't y'all never realize the opposite of what that is? So, like, come on. And just passing crazy judgment, saying he should lose his Oscar and all that stuff. I think that's just crazy because <laughs> you know how many Oscar holders are felons or <laughs> I don't even never mind. I I great. I'm not even go there. But this leads me to a whole different um subject that I want to talk about. And that's protecting women, specifically those like me, black women. And why is that such a problem? Okay, okay, okay. So the biggest problem I had with the whole circumstances for surrounding this situation with the Oscar, at the Oscars and whatnot is the comments made by everybody in social media after the fight specifically and in particular black men and and some non-black but mostly black men and they've had the group that was like yes you're not gonna talk crazy about my wife or my girl because it's a rap like why don't you understand that and he did have people like, yeah, he probably should just yell at him and not put his job, his livelihood in danger because he's got to take care of his family, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So I get that too. But, um, because of the equivalent of fighting on your job. So I, I, yeah, no, I get that. The rational mind, rational mind does agree that with that. Like, yeah, don't put your money in danger. But, um, because you, you got to take care, you got to take care of that fam, you know. But, um, then he had that group and he had that group and there was a lot of them they were just like oh why is he standing up for her because um she messed with someone and she slept with someone else and uh and she ain't even worth it and getting up and embarrassing himself and blah 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 and I'm not fighting nobody over a joke I don't care who it's about wife girlfriend whatever or 
just all these comments, like people just took this a opportunity to just bash about her, uh, Jada, first, then as an extension, all black women. And I was like, bruh, are you serious right now? Like, we're really just going to start talking crazy about her to none of us know. And uh, a situation that her husband has said, his sister said that you know, this is what it was, and but people want to change the narrative to something else, like we're in their bedroom, and, or we were there, there at their actual kitchen table and not the red table, talking about how they want to move forward in their relationship, whether it's open, closed, poly, E&M, whatever they want to do. And, you know, and just because you see the man upset, at the table like when I watched that mm-hmm. I didn't see him as oh he's hurt because she cheated or she had someone else or whatever whatever I mean because I could like you know they broke it down for her, what was going on <laughs> he was and plus it had been happening it was the old situation just made light because of the young man running his mouth but um I guess it may have some to do with me being older but I saw him more upset about the fact that his wife had to deal with what was going on. And she was being um, talked about. You know, every time somebody says something negative about her or like an episode of the her show, their show was out. And she and people took a piece of what she said and ran with it and to try to make her look bad. If you notice that he always came out with something else, another story came out about him or or quote from him, and it mm. seemed like it was really to take. It was strategically done to take the focus off of her and put it back on him, like keep it on him. It's another way of protecting her, and this is what I'm leading to. Um, why is protecting black women conditional? Like, case in point, I can't be a damsel in a damsel in distress if I wanted to. (sighs) If I wanted to be helpless and soft and just like, "Whoa, it's me! I broke a nail. Can you change my tire, sir?" (laughs) Man, listen, I would get help changing my tire, but I will get talked about because, like, man, you little grown women in your forties with. Get grown kids and you can't change the tire. You know, I would get dogged doing them. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't be helpless. You know, I had this conversation before with someone and where I told him, I said, man, listen, I just want to be. It's hard. I don't want to be hard every day. And I have to be. I have to be so hard. I have to be so tough and not necessarily ruthless, but just tough all day and strong. And being called strong is not a compliment like people think it is. It's not. <laughs> and I just expected of me to handle my business. Like, 
I have children, I'm divorced, I, I had to work, whether I was sick or not, whether I had a right to work or not, I had to get there, so there was a lot of walking, if, if I couldn't catch the bus or catch a ride, there was a lot of walking to work, like a lot of walking to work, sometimes in the dark, and me just praying as I walked, and no missing work, I, I count on one hand, how many times I've called in in my entire working career, and I am in my 40s, and yeah, no calling in, and it's absolutely necessary, because it's just me, you know what I mean, and no being sick, and having someone to take care of me, or to take care of us, or to, um, make sure I'm good if I'm sick, you know, um, there's no, let me just not go to work today, uh, when you have bills to pay and your kids need things, it's, 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 life doesn't work that way, and you have to be so tough. And uh, so, why is protecting men and women who look like me, especially women who look like me? Um, no. my picture's not posted on my um thumbnail for my podcast, but I'm. People who know me and listen and listen know that I am a dark skinned plus size black woman. So I don't fit the aesthetic of some like damsel. You understand what I'm saying? And um and it's not that you just want to be helpless or if you're just helpless or you wanna be just babied and stuff like that but dang you can make sure I'm good my guy you can't make sure I'm good <laughs> you can't make sure that I'm respected and I'm safe and you can't do that unless we're related or unless you're getting it oh 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 <laughs> I think someone did a slavery did say something like I am not protecting a woman that I'm not sleeping with or that I'm not the only one sleeping with really Really? Like, what, what? What? Why is it conditional? And let's say for a second argument that there was an affair and it wasn't the way they explained it. Okay, that was like how many years ago? The bad, bottom line is that his, that's still his wife and they're still together and he decided to handle the way things he handled concerning his wife the way he handled it. That was his way of protecting her. Hey man, now being feeling protected may not be the same thing because some people don't like that type of altercation to things of that nature. So I get it. But dang. Why is protecting black women, especially dark skinned black women? conditional I don't understand I will never understand I will never understand why it's okay for us to be mistreated used abused and dogged out by everybody unless you're getting something from us I don't get it 
is not another population of people on this planet that will look out for their own and everybody else's than black women. But we can't get that back. Y'all would really hate it. Y'all really hate it if we just stopped doing the things we did for everyone else and just focused on ourselves 100,000% and became these selfish individuals. We treated people the way we were treated. <laughs> you would be, the world would be such a really messed up place. So many folks would be wondering what's up. Like, and not just black men. But a lot of people, you know, but I'll specifically talk about black men. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like, you can't say anything about what our desires are without someone saying, but what about? It's always somebody making comments about single black moms, older black women, black women who decided not to become parents and decided to focus on their careers before getting married and having kids. If you do that, then you don't deserve protection because you don't need it. Someone made a comment about how um, she has her education, she has a nice, uh, you know, stock portfolio, so her retirement is straight, she owns her own home, blah, 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 so all she needs now is that husband, because she wants to get married, and um, that's what she needs, there's a man in her life, that's, 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 what, that's what's missing, and they're like, well, you disqualified yourself, ho, ho, ho. How? Because she went to college and built a brand for her name for herself and handled her business. So you want somebody that's beneath, quote unquote, yeah. Y'all not even proud to walk with this on your arms anymore. It's like, get relationships don't want you want to show, want <laughs> to show your girl off. And it's, until somebody is trying to get with your girl, then it's a whole other problem. Like, all, all of a sudden, now you want to bow up. Oh, oh, okay. Now you want to pop up. Oh, okay. I, I just don't understand. Like, what have we done to you that we don't deserve? Just to be held and to be loved and to be cherished and protected and all these things. Like, I, tell me something. Somebody tell me. Like, I, oh, I'm confused. I'm confused. If it's not right. Man, if you have a black mom and black sisters, you mean to tell me that they don't deserve to be treated with dignity, respect, and protected at all costs either? There's a, a video of a young girl who knocked the hell out of a, a, a white guy who basically told her to go pick his cotton. And everybody stood around and watched. Like, no, why does she even have to be the one to say anything? Why didn't somebody step up and say, hey, man, don't talk to her like that, don't you? Right? When the pandemic started, and they, and I was in Memphis, and um, 
had to catch the bus. And they were starting to limit how many people could get on the bus, buses, and uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID protocol. And these men would push us women out of the way. It didn't matter if we had kids. It didn't matter if we had our work uniforms. So it's obvious we're going to work, and they weren't necessarily going to work. Um, some were, some weren't. Um, but the security guy went in there. It's times where they just would literally knock us over. It didn't matter how young or old we were. There are times they literally pushed over a a few elderly, elderly black women, and I was just sitting there like, because they didn't want to wait another thirty, forty-five minutes for this to come around, and it was just like, are you serious right now? Really? Are you serious right now? And then I just said that. And I remember talking about that because I, I, I forgot about it, but it popped up on my memories. And <laughs> it uh, it just didn't make sense. Good. Because you want it, you know, to get paid fairly or be able to own, have our own and do for ourselves, all of a sudden it's a problem. I don't understand. But yeah, somebody somebody explained to me why it's so hard for us to be protected. Why is it hard for y'all to protect us and stand up for us? I don't get it. Alright, well, on that note, a good 45 minutes or so of recording on this. I'm just going to go ahead and close this particular episode out. Because I forgot what else I was going to talk about. And <laughs> oh my goodness. And I've been just running my mouth and I'm kind of all over the place. So thank you again for listening. And um, I'm not going to let three months go between episodes. Um, someone's not going to let me do that. He's going to be like, um, yeah, next week. <laughs> Alright, you guys, have a good one. Until next time.